0: Why don't you find your seats for just a few moments? We are going to go back into some more worship and prayer. And if I could ask you to do two things, is to get your Bibles out, whether it's an electronic or in paper, and go to John chapter 14. It's a scripture we've been looking at for the last couple of weeks as we're in our series on the Holy Spirit. My prayer for us, my prayer for you, is that each week we just continue to go deeper in our understanding and our relationship with. Not the junior part of the Trinity, fully being God, the Holy Spirit. It says, in the beginning, everybody shout, in the beginning, beginning. God, Elohim, Father, Son, Holy Spirit created the heavens and the earth. In the very next verse, it says, in the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the waters. The fact that the Holy Spirit lives in you is the God of creation, the God of, is involved in all that we can see who spoke into existence. It's the Holy Spirit, and I've been so challenged and absolutely kind of wrecked personally as I've been preparing for this season, this series, with a scripture where Paul said it's the Spirit, the Holy Spirit who raised Christ from the dead. He lives in you, and he lives in me if you're a believer in Christ. Come on, if you put your faith in Jesus, just wave at me for a moment. You begin to look around, that's many of us, maybe not everybody, and my hope for you today, if you never have, is there'll be an opportunity for you to do that today. But for so many of us, here's why I've been wrecked by the question of if the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God, the God of all creation, lives in me, then why do I struggle so many times and in so many ways? Stop and think about this for a moment. You can have a flashlight, it can have batteries in it, it's got all the power in it it needs. But unless you turn that flashlight on to engage the power of that battery, that flashlight really is of no value. Now please, I'm not saying the Holy Spirit's of no value. What I'm saying is I'm hoping today, again, to awaken us to who the Holy Spirit is. Because it ain't a little flashlight we got in us. You ever seen those one million candlelight flashlights? They got like a light this big. That's the kind of power that the Bible tells me lives inside of me when the Holy Spirit dwells in me. And he dwells in you too. And how many times do we not live in that way or that fashion to recognize not what Walter would say, not what Pastor Mark would say, but the very word of God would say to us today. That's why I'm gonna go through a lot of scripture and I want you to have out a pen and something to write down with because I believe the Holy Spirit's gonna allow you to take something away today that he's gonna speak personally to you out of his word. And as we've been in this series on the Holy Spirit, we've started almost every week in John chapter 14 and I wanna look at verse 16 today. Jesus is in his last hours with the disciples. Eleven of them are still in the room. He's told them he's leaving them. He's going back to the Father, and they've been nervous. But he says, and I will ask the Father, and he's going to give you another advocate. Everybody shout advocate. Come on, say it a little louder, church, advocate. He'll send another advocate. I'm going to the Father, he's saying, but he will never leave you. And some of you need to know right now, right from the very beginning, the Holy Spirit doesn't leave you. He he lives in you. And he says, he is the Holy Spirit. He's going to lead you into all truth. And the world can't receive him because they aren't looking for him and doesn't recognize it. Jesus goes on to say, not only is he with you now, he's going to be in you. And I will never leave you orphans for the Holy Spirit will live in you. How much of a challenge is that for us today to recognize that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit? And I love this word. And And you might be looking at a different translation. And what's hard about reading this scripture in different translations are the Greek word that they use for advocate is the word paraclete. It's a Greek word that actually has no English translation because it has a lot of different aspects to it. The word paraclete means somebody come alongside of you to have somebody help you, comfort you, care for you, and be an advocate for you. And so some translations... It'll say the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. The Holy Spirit, the the Counselor. The Holy Spirit, your Helper. Tell you what I wanted you to know right from the beginning is Jesus began to describe the work of the Holy Spirit that he's whatever you need in that moment. He's not limited by our understanding. We're talking about God himself living and dealing in your life. When the enemy comes in and says, you know what? ha." You got too much sin in your life. You've broken it so far. God doesn't forgive you. It's the Holy Spirit who stands up as your advocate and says, I want you to know there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ. It's like a lawyer in a courtroom, and this is where that language originally came from. It was a term for an attorney in that day and age somebody who fought for you and somebody who took and gave you good counsel, somebody who stood up on your behalf in front of a judge and he fought for you. And that's the description that Jesus is using to describe who lives in you and I. How many would say, I need an advocate in my life? It's the work of God that comes in and he changes us from the inside out. And I began to look at just the work of the Holy Spirit when he lives in us. How can we live so differently? Why do I live so limited? Why do I struggle with maybe the sin that is so deep in my heart? Because there are some things I can do on my own. But has anybody found in your life, there's some areas that are so broken you haven't been able to fix on your own yet? Are there some areas of anger or unforgiveness or, or bitterness or greed that you are just got stuck in that you would love freedom for, but you still continue to walk in that way of brokenness, and yet we read the scriptures of how God wants us to live? Could I be so bold to say you, there's so much you cannot do on your own strength? It's the Holy Spirit, our comforter, our counselor, our helper, our advocate, as I begin to look at the scripture, I realize that the Holy Spirit, when He lives in me, He begins to real, reveal the Father to me. What an amazing thought that, do you know that God actually wants you to know Him? He's not a God who's hiding from you. He's not a God who tries to play games with you. In fact, Paul said to the Ephesians, he said, ask the God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, to give you who? The Spirit. To give you the Holy Spirit, and what does he do? He makes you wise, and I love this. He reveals God to you. If it's God's very Spirit, isn't he the best one to reveal the Father's heart to us? Why does he reveal him? So that you will know him. And how many have struggled knowing God or wondering, does God really love me? Does God really want me to know him? Can I say to you today, the very fact that he put his Spirit on you, the Scripture says, is a guarantee that he loves you. And there's some of you today that need to realize that God is calling you to know Him in a greater way. Well we can make God our religion, but instead He wants our, our Father to be a relationship. And we don't want to just come to church, we don't want to just even be the church. We want to recognize that He is the father of us as a family. And that's why Paul goes on to say in another scripture, what does he say? So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Think about that for a moment. How many would raise your hand and say, I got a lot of sin and brokenness in my life. I know how bad I am. Come on, but the Lord comes to say, I want you to know in spite of that, Jesus paid the price already for you. You've been forgiven. You've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And anytime time fear comes in, you know what it is? It's a sign that the enemy's working. He's trying to get a hold of something because it says, we didn't get a spirit of fear when we came into God's family. He's adopted us as his children, and you know what? We get to call him a name that nobody else gets to call him. It's Abba, Father. It's a term in the Greek that would say more like Daddy. Dad, can I come home? Dad, I need your help. And what good father wouldn't help their kids when they're in trouble? What good father doesn't forgive their kids when they mess up? The Holy Spirit comes to remind us that God is a good God. And there's some people that just need to stand up even in this moment and say, I need to cry out to Abba Father. And if you need the spirit of fear to be broken off you, I want you to stand to your feet right now. we're gonna believe that the Holy Spirit is gonna move. Come on, Robbie. Come on, I believe that there's many more. The enemy has lied to you. He's told you that you don't matter. That God is far beyond forgiving you. And I want you to know today, it is an absolute lie that God is coming to move in your heart, not by what I can say and not even by the emotion of maybe the moment. It's by his spirit. When you put back up that screen, he did not give you a spirit that is fearful. Come on, but instead, he comes to let you know you call him Abba, Father. You are the son and the daughter of the most high God. You are the child of God. And I want you to stand to your feet. If you're fighting even right now what other people are gonna think, I don't care, the devil's gonna lose today, you are not. I want you to lift your hands straight up to heaven. I just want you to begin to say with your mouth, Father, come. Come on, Father, come. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray over every person who is standing in this room and every person standing in their home or a coffee shop. And Father, I come and I just come to break the lies and the fear that the enemy has tried to bring upon your people who are a chosen nation, a holy priesthood, a royal nation. God, we are the sons and daughters, the most high God. And I pray right now, Lord, whatever has caused them to believe anything else would be broken off. And it's not by even how we're praying at the moment. It's by you moving in, Holy Spirit, and changing each and every one of them from the inside out today. And Father, I pray instead that there would come a peace that would know your love today. Father, that your love would simply come in. And they would rest, I pray even for tonight, their sleep to be different. Knowing they're forgiven, knowing that they're loved, and knowing that God, you're you're wrapping your arms around them. That they are not far gone. And instead, for days, they've been missing what you've been drawing them into. In Jesus' name. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. And I wanna challenge you today for every one of you that stood as you find your seat. You begin to go to Psalms 139. I wanna challenge you to begin to read Psalms 139 because it begins to describe God created you. He loves you. David said in Psalms 139, God, your thoughts are so huge. I can't even comprehend them. There's so many that they outnumber the sands on the seashore. I go to bed and yet when I wake up, God, when I think you should have left me, you are still there. And I want you to begin to meditate on Psalms 139 to remind yourself that God is revealing himself through his Holy Spirit. Do you know what I also love? that The Holy Spirit comes to empower a life that can live for God, that honors God. Man, I'll tell you, sometimes I read the scriptures and I read what Paul says, get rid of that stuff and fill your life with this stuff. Get rid of kind of the darkness and the evil that is so part of me, so part of you and fill it with the Holy Spirit. Get rid of your flesh and begin to let you be filled with the goodness of God. And I think about what Paul said to Timothy. And again, I find the language so interesting for the spirit that God has given us doesn't make us. Come on, we talked about not being fearful. Now we're not to be timid. You know what this means? We're supposed to kick the devil in the teeth. We're supposed to kick fear in the teeth. Instead of fear, you know what we have? He says he fills us. He doesn't say he drips a few drops in you. he That language is filled to overflowing. And how many need some overflowing of the Holy Spirit in your life today? It fills you with his power, his love, and an interesting word, self-control. And I begin to dissect this scripture, power. Can I be honest? I've got things, as I said earlier, I don't have the power to overcome them in my own strength. Now, I believe that God puts people in my life. That's why we're huge on groups around here. Because there's accountability, there's relationship, there's, when one's struggling, another can lift them up. When you're going through a crisis, others come around you and lift your faith. But I, can I say that relationships are never a substitute for your faith in the power of the cross to allow you to free a live, li- live a free life. And I began to think about this. We're filled with God's power. And Paul said, and because, You belong to Him. Everybody shout, I belong to Him. The power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from sin that leads to death. And I know that positionally, when I come into Christ, I stand before God pure and holy. But I also know i got to walk this out. i got to begin to surrender my life to the power of the Holy Spirit. And how many times do we just choose to go back to those old habits and those old ways instead of letting God come in and make a change within us? I think about what the prophet said to Zerubbabel, it's not gonna be might, it's not gonna be by your power. But by what? Come on church, say it a little louder, by? By the Spirit. That anything that's important will be accomplished in our life. And I wanna challenge us today that, how many times do we just try to rely on our our own good thinking? Self-help can help, but self-help doesn't change. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul said to the Galatians, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. How many know that sinful nature is pretty good? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, it's bad, I'm sorry. It's bad, but it's good in its strength and the sense of it tends to kinda of take over. He says, those who belong to Christ, well, here's a tough scripture, have nailed their passions and their desires of their sinful nature to whose cross? Jesus' cross. And they've crucified them there. You see, if anybody ever told you that Christian life was gonna be easy, it's not. If anybody told you that it was a walk in the park, it ain't true. Not only do we face just challenges and trials, but we face ourselves in this journey. And you see, the work of the cross was done by Jesus. I am so thankful I did not have to give my life but he gave his perfect life for me. And he bought my freedom from sin and shame. The Bible tells me that I don't have to live as any longer as a slave to sin, but I gotta come every day and nail my desires to the cross of Jesus Christ. And when we do, it says we'll live by the Spirit. Come on, church, we got power that we gotta remember is dwelling within us. We got more than a million candlelight flashlight battery. We got the Holy Spirit living in us that allows us to shine and to live and to think differently. But also it said that he would fill us with his love. And I believe even in this moment as I was preparing that God wanted to speak to some people. And when I began to talk about loving other people with a divine love, those thoughts of unforgiveness or challenges or maybe bitterness towards somebody, the Holy Spirit maybe right now is bringing somebody to mind. You see, there's a a love that can only come that's divinely imparted by God. I've been hurt by people in my life that I didn't think I could ever let go of because sometimes it's not what you did, it's sometimes things that people did to you that were so wrong and so bad that there's nothing that could ever repair them. How do you fix that? And other times it's just in relationships, things get broken. But the reality is, as Jack Deere, listen to what he said, I can change my mind, but only the Holy Spirit can change my heart. Amen. Divine love can only be divinely imparted. There you, go. There you, go. you see, sometimes we're trying to, again, walk out forgiveness in a mental ascent of understanding what we need to do instead of surrendering it to the Father, and remembering Not one of us deserve eternal life with him, but he gave us that kind of love. And he loved us so much he sent his son that it begins to change our heart from the inside out. That before you know it, you can begin to bless somebody instead of cursing them. That you can begin to love them instead of hate them. And I gotta tell you, sometimes that can only come from the power of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And right now, if somebody's coming to your mind, I wanna ask you to write it down and you begin to pray, God, give me a love for them. You know how you know when you've begun to forgive is when you can pray a blessing without a lot of attachments and butts to it. You begin to pray for them, God, you just work in their life the same way I want you to work in my life. Grace, forgiveness, mercy. It's only the work of the Holy Spirit. Then he says, and I want you to understand the Holy Spirit will fill you with divine (laughs) self-control. Man, is that not a miracle right there? Anybody struggle with self-control in some area? You all know my ice cream addiction, man. I just need the Holy Spirit. If that, were the le- if that were the biggest of my worries. Why? Because there's broken areas in my life. And you begin to understand that the Christian life comes down to two words. Surrender and obedience. They're words that aren't real popular in our society, and our culture, and by the way, they're not real popular for us personally. But it's what Jesus taught us to surrender in order that we can be obedient. And the very things that you're looking for, fulfillment and peace and joy, isn't it amazing, the fruit of the Holy Spirit? They come out of obedience and surrender, they don't come out of control. They come out of letting all things go and saying, Holy Spirit, I'm gonna ask you to guide my life and lead me. What I find is an amazing journey that I'm learning in my life and my walk with the Holy Spirit. The the part of God that lives in me is that as I begin to know the Father's heart and trust it, and I begin to let him empower me and change me in living a life that would actually honor God, because I was created to give him glory. So I begin to find that he begins to guide and direct my life. I found God has a very difficult time directing an unsurrendered life. Yeah. Right. And as we begin to move ourselves in that place, we begin to understand that it's the Holy Spirit that even helps us understand the will of God. Romans eight twenty six is one of my favorite verses Because there's so many times I go back to it because of what it says. I love the first sentence. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Man, that covers a lot of stuff. It's just a great scripture to remember. Holy Spirit, wherever I'm weak, you come in and you help me as I surrender. It says, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. You know what that scripture tells me? That's not natural prayer. That's supernatural prayer. That's intercession for me. That's, that's divine advocacy for me by the Holy Spirit. He's, he's actually praying the perfect will of God, it says, because the Spirit prays. The Father knows all hearts, and he knows what the Spirit is saying. We have Father and Spirit working together in tandem. And they're pleading for us believers in harmony. Come on, not just with a good idea, not just with a great thought, in harmony with God's own will. You wanna know God's will, it takes surrender and obedience with the Holy Spirit leading us. And here comes a scripture that we often quote without remembering who's empowering us to live this way. And God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to their purposes. You begin to realize that God wants you to know his will. Do you know that every single one of you in this room, it's part of why we do belong is We want you to not just grow spiritually and part of that's connecting relationally. We want you to discover that you have a God-given purpose. Whether you're a plumber, a teacher, a student, a grandparent, God has a purpose for you. He's called you with a destiny to make a difference right where you're at and we want you to discover that. And how oftentimes, as I began to read all through the book of Acts, I begin to see where it says, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said. It it told Peter, go over here. And it told Philip, go to there. And and every time you see that they responded, God directed their steps and amazing things happened. And I think we love the go words, but sometimes we get a no word too. I think about Paul in Acts 16, it says him and his companions. Very interesting scripture. Paul's on a missionary trip, he's got, he's got Luke with him, he's, I don't remember who else he has, but there's a group of them traveling and they're preaching the gospel, planting churches. They try to go to Northern Asia, and it says though they had been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Holy Spirit said, no, I'm gonna close that door. They tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. And I wonder how many people might be right there and. And how often can we hear a no from the Lord and we misread it, maybe that he doesn't love me, he doesn't care about me. Instead of understanding that every time God says there's a no, there's a yes he's opened up somewhere and the yes is always better than where you were gonna go in your no. And it's the leading of the Holy Spirit as they just sat and they listened to him. And I'm so thankful that there came a that night, that during the night Paul had a vision. And it was a simple vision. A man in Macedonia saying, come preach to us the Holy Spirit came and spoke to Paul. And they got ready at to, once to go to Macedonia and they, they knew that it was God's will. They concluded it was God calling them to preach. And I wonder how many are in the room right now and maybe God has closed every door and you, instead of being frustrated, you just need a vision from God to say, God, if it's not there and it's not there, then where? Come on, how many know that we can read things wrong and we begin to back up from the goodness of God instead of leaning in? And I would say in my life, I've seen God's yeses were always better than the doors I tried to go through. Sometimes he protects us. Sometimes it's just not now. And other times it's I want to take you a total different direction because I have something different for you. And I'm wondering if there's people in the room right now that feel like there's been closed doors and you've been wondering, God, are you for me? I come with a word of the Lord today. I believe that God is for you and you need to just go back and say, Lord, Where? How about we quit asking the why questions and we just began to say, Lord, what are you saying? Because I know that God, he comes to reveal himself through the Holy Spirit and his love for us. He comes to help us lead a life that's gonna be empowered to bring him glory and honor him. And as we surrender and we move to that place of obedience to the power of the Holy Spirit, God comes today to direct your life. Here's the challenge I find. Spirit of God lives in me. Yet how easy is it for me to go throughout my day without ever stopping and even listening for him to speak? I get asked the question sometimes, Pastor, how do you hear the voice of God? Sometimes it's reading the scriptures. That's why that first 15 minutes of every single day is so important that you have time with God and his word and and worship and just letting him speak to you. Get out a notepad and Begin to write down what you think he's saying. I'll guarantee that most of the time it's the Holy Spirit. It's not just you. Go throughout your day. Just take time to listen. Take time to say, God, speak to me right now.